0: Welcome back, all Cheng Yu and China history lovers. Laszlo Montgomery here for the ninth time this season with one more Chinese saying for your collezione. I'm guessing most Chinese speakers have at least heard of this one Lao Ma Shi Tu. The old horse recognizes the way. That's what those four characters say, but eh, that's not necessarily what they mean. So, once again, to get the backstory, we'll have to turn to the great ancient and medieval classics from all the superstars of their day, and locate our copy of the Han Feidzi, and take that one off the shelf to get the story behind these four characters. But before we do that, let's see what these four characters actually mean. A laoma is an old horse. Yeah, this is another Chinese saying with a horse. Second time this season. Tu shi means to know or to recognize. This character comes in a second and fourth tone version. I'm not sure why, but all my Cheng Yu books assure me. In this case, it's second tone. And a Tu is a road or route or a way. And you line these characters up in a row and they say, Old Horse recognizes the way. Simple enough. But let's go to the story and the meaning. Now let me first mention, this one co-stars someone so esteemed, so sacred and important in ancient Chinese history and culture. Even the great sage himself, Confucius, he had said of this man, quote, Had it not been for Guan Zhong, we would all be wearing our hair loose and our robes folded on the left, End quote. Yeah, Confucius pointed to this person and said thanks to Guan Zhong's reforms, all of those future generations would now enjoy an orderly and harmonious society. Zhong was an advisor to the most consequential of rulers to govern the state of Qi, and this was Duke Huan. And this story takes place in Yan State, today basically the Beijing municipality area. Way before Beijing became Beijing, first it was the state of Yan. In the Yan Mountain Range in today's Hebei and Beijing area, there were two small kingdoms, Lingzhi and Guzhu. The ancient Lingzhi state was situated just west of Tangshan in fabulous Hebei province, and Guju was located next door and stretched east to the Bohai Sea. And these mountain people, who originally inhabited those two states, were an ancient ethnic group called the Shanrong. And these two ancient territories, that could trace their history all the way back to the Shang dynasty, were well protected by the impenetrable forests and twisting valleys of the Yen Mountains. Outsiders often referred to these two places as the Mountain Kingdoms. For decades, the Mountain Kingdoms had been coordinating attacks on their larger neighbors who bordered their lands, and this was back in the 7th century BC. So, given the state of technology and engineering, these rulers of Lingzhi and Guju. They felt secure in knowing that their own home bases were all but immune to counterattack. But in the spring of 663 BC, when the famous Duke Huan of Qi received word from the Duke of Yen that the mountain kingdoms had once again invaded Yen, well, he decided he had had enough of that. He declared that he would personally lead a Qi force into Yen territory to help Yen defeat their antagonizers. So he set out from Qi, and among his retinue was none other than the very Guan Zhong I just told you about. Duke Huan led the combined Qi and Yan armies on a successful campaign against the mountain kingdom of Lingzhi, and his forces utterly destroyed them. The shattered remnants of the Lingzhi army, along with the Duke of Lingzhi, were forced to retreat into the lands of the other mountain kingdom of Guzhu. They made their way to the palace, and this Defeated Duke of the now former Lingjir begged for Guju's help. The Duke of Guju knew, with Lingjir knocked out, the mountain kingdoms were now quite vulnerable, and he knew, left to his own devices, and it was doubtful he'd be able to continue to keep the Qi and Yen armies out of the Yen Mountains. At this point, one of the Duke of Guju's advisors told him there was no way he could defeat the Qi and Yen armies. They told him he should consider parlaying with Qi and Yen and try to work something out. Another advisor chimed in and said that, in addition to cutting the best deal for themselves, they should also offer to execute the Duke of Lingzhi, who, as I said, was now a refugee in Guju. The advisor said if they offered to bring them the head of the Duke of Lingzhi, you know, they might soften them up a little and, you know, demonstrate Guju's sincerity. The Duke of Guju thought about this. Killing the Duke of Lingjir, it was no problem. But he wasn't quite ready to admit defeat yet. He replied to his advisors, Our small army might put us at a disadvantage, but you underestimate the topography of our Yen mountain range. This terrain gives us a fighting chance against Qi and Yen. So after discussing the matter at length with his advisors, they came up with this plan. One of his chief advisors, a man named Huang Hua, was instructed to go to the Qi and Yan armies and pretend to be a defector from Gu Zhu. He was to say that Gu Zhu was in complete disarray with the whole kingdom and all its people wanting to make peace with Qi and Yan. And to embellish the story, Huang Hua was to mention how the Duke of Guju was refusing to admit defeat. Huang Hua was to beg Qi and Yan to lead their armies to Guizhou and to get rid of the unpopular monarch. And most important of all, Huang Hua had to offer to act as their guide. But this was all a ploy to lead the armies of Qi and Yan astray in the Yan Mountains, where they would undoubtedly get hopelessly lost and disorganized, and to give strength to his false story, the Duke of Gu had the Duke of Ling executed anyway, and gave his head to Huang Hua as a token of peace. With the Duke of Lingzhou's head in hand, Huanghua hurried to the Qi and Yen army camps where he told his story and it was immediately believed. So the combined armies of Qi and Yen fell into line at once and followed Huang Hua, who led them deeper and deeper into the Yen Mountains, pretending to be taking them to Guy. But one morning, Duke Huan of Qi woke up to discover two things. Firstly, Huang Hua had pulled a moonlight flitting. And secondly, that he and his army were now hopelessly lost somewhere in the Yen Mountains. Now, their highest objective was to find their way out of the mountains and back to Qi. But try as they might, the army could not navigate its way out. They had come to invade the mountain kingdoms in spring, and now it was winter and thick snow covered the terrain, and it looked completely different from when they had first come. Well, just as the army was getting truly despondent, Duke Huan's advisor, Guan Zhong, spoke up. He said, "'Your Highness, may I make a suggestion? It's my belief that perhaps the old horses can be of some use to us in our predicament.'" Duke Huan listened to Guan Zhong's plan and agreed at once— Thereupon, Guan Zhong ordered the soldiers to choose the oldest horses in the army and to unbridle them and allow them to walk free. The most senior among the horses at that desperate hour sniffed the air, looked around, and started walking. And the soldiers were instructed to follow the old horses. And sure enough, they began setting a steady pace without wavering, and the old horses led the army southward, out of the mountains, and back to their pleasant home in Qi. And when the Duke of Qi reached the edge of the mountain range and first saw the plain before him, he knew he had dodged this bullet. And he further knew, as Han Feidze said in his classic eponymous work, Lao Ma Shertu, the old horse knows the way. And if you were wondering whatever happened to Gu Chu. Well, for their treachery, leading Duke Huan and the forces he led astray to perish in the Yen Mountains? Well, Duke Huan went back a few years later in 660 BC and put an end to their perfect little world, and that was the end of the Guzhu state. So, Lao Ma Shirtu, the old horse knows the way. It's a metaphor to describe experienced people who are familiar with all kinds of life situations and could be called upon in times of need to play a guiding role. It doesn't matter what kind of metaphorical old horse it is. Someone in your community, a retired senior executive who knows how to pull companies back from the brink, an old government official, anyone who has been around the block a few times and has a lot of experience in a particular field or activity. Lao ma, This old horse knows the best way to approach and navigate through some crisis or life situation successfully. Sometimes, there's no substitute for experience. When you find yourself or your company up the creek without a paddle, remember, Lao Ma Shi Tu, sometimes that old horse will come to the rescue and lead you to victory or help you achieve your aim. Okay, Lao Ma too. next time you get lost in the mountains, you may want to keep that one handy. Now, she's too young to be an old horse, but Emma sure knows how to lead the pack over at the Changyu Yanqiu Zhongxin, now fully operational in a very pricey location in Beijing. Thanks again, Emma. Uh, by the way, you may want to put this in your calendars. Emma's making her worldwide debut on the CSP sometime in May of this Rabbit ear, something to look forward to rather than the same old meatloaf you get every time. All right, that's all I got for you. Sorry I can't drag this one out any longer. This is Laszlo Montgomery signing off on a lovely spring day here in Los Angeles, imploring you to come back next time for another exciting episode of the Chinese Sayings Podcast.